Welcome to the Red Half of Sheffield, a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Chad Jarvis. How's it going today, Chad? Oh, it's not bad. You know, sorry, uh, I apologize for both me and you for the late pod, but it's kind of good that it's the end of the week and there's no Blades to look forward to. I know I hate saying that, but I am just... Okay, let's let's have a weekend off, you know, let's kind of regroup and then let's hit it full force into the holiday period. And it's just like I'm okay with no football this this weekend. How are you, Noah? Yeah, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit burnt out and this week was kind of a nice respite because some of these games have been a little bit tedious as of late. I mean, honestly, you and I didn't watch the the game against Rovers this like a week ago. And by all accounts, we didn't really miss much. I mean, apart from Brewster finally getting his first league goal after, what, almost 50 games, which is, I mean, just incredible. I mean, that is an incredible sort of statistic there. I don't know if there has been a player that was that value, like that highly valued that took that long to score their first league goal. I mean, really, really insane stuff. But Look, I, I can be sit here and be a pessimist about it, or I can say congrats to the lad. Very happy for him, and I hope he fucking twats like 20 more of those this season. That'll certainly propel us back up the league. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's good to see him. You know, he had the, the goal earlier this year in the Carabao Cup, which was good to see. And then, you know, he went through that frozen out type period that I kept wondering what was going on and where he was and you know maybe that was big slab's way of like having him training extra instead of playing games and then slab puts him in and he i mean he didn't play he hadn't played bad the game before but i mean he comes in and what two minutes into the game and gets a goal and it, it's not a bad goal either i mean you no. know it you it, you figured it would have had to be something theatrical it wouldn't have been like a tap in it would have had to be Something like that goal, it had to be the difficulty rating was like an 85% and it goes in. But, I mean, you're glad to see the back of the net bulge and hopefully this leads to bigger and better things in the future for him. And like you said, more goals for the Blades, get him in as a regular, and hopefully they go in on a good average so he helps us climb up the league. Yeah, and of course the goal was assisted by who else? But Billy Sharp, who yep. continues his fine form of, of of providing the helpers, you know, I mean, getting those good crosses in. And I I mean, if that if that's the role that Billy Sharp kind of transitions to this season, I don't hate it. I don't hate it no. at all. If, if he's contributing in a meaningful way on a consistent basis, I mean, he doesn't have to be the one putting the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, we love to see him score goals. I mean, he's so passionate. Like, you can see how much it means every time he scores a goal. But uh, at the same time, given the helpers, I, you love to see it, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's got six assists. So maybe we should change the phrase from Billy Sharp scores goals to Billy Sharp assists and score goal, scores goals. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think he's created, like, the most chances – to this point, of anyone in the EFL, I, I, I it, or it's it, the statistic is like he's created the most big chances of anyone in the championship, and I think there's like only one or two players in in the entire football league that that have like 
contributed more as far as big chances are concerned. Yeah, we got to check out Billy Sharp's you know birth certificate and make sure he's not 25 years old instead of 35 years old because you know that's I mean he's playing like uh like he's super young and he's super informed. I don't know if towards the end of the season, you know, when he was like shelved at the end of last season, I don't think they ever dis- like disclosed what the injury was, but when they they said he was done for the year, you know, I wonder if that gave him time to get even more in shape. And I think it has to do with, you know, he's playing with against players with lesser talent that he has played most of his career around. So that's why he's kind of flourishing. But, I mean, whatever he's doing, he's got to keep keep doing it, please. Yeah. And, well, last year, I mean, he was injured for quite a spell. I think that also had to do largely with why he wasn't getting featured into the side, obviously. But yeah. I, I, as you said, I mean, he's been on a good run of form. You love to see it. And he's one of those players. And we're going to get into it today. Just spoiler alert, this podcast we're not going to be reviewing the Blackburn game. Uh, what we're going to get into really is talking about the players who we think are going to take this team forward and the, the the players who are wilder holdovers who probably largely need to get out of the side. So we're going to kind of break down the entire squad, uh, even the players that are on loan at, at other squads and talk about who needs to stay, who needs to go, and what Big Slav needs in order to get this formula right so we can start clicking. And I'm not fully accepting defeat yet as far as this season. I'm not writing off this season yet. I know there are a lot of folks out there who are just like, well, we're officially in a rebuild. Chad, I know that you're one of them. But at the same time, if we aren't going to be going up this year, which by all accounts, we might not be, probably won't be, what do we need to do to get back into a position where we can flourish in the championship and maybe make a run in the next two to three years to go back up to the Prem. Yeah. And I have a question for you and I've, I know it's been tossed around in the last two or three months since the season hasn't started to exactly how we wanted it to as much praise as we give Chris Wilder. Do you think he's almost his way of picking players and we've waxed poetically about how his players have been, you know, playing for the badge and playing for the team. Do you almost dish some of this, you know, bad, you know, bad juju to Chris Wilder for, you know, bringing in players and not exactly developing them to where, you know, they can succeed where it seems like most of his players that we still have left in the squad have almost seemingly reached their potential. And now they're kind of on their downward trend in their careers. And it's left us in kind of a bit of a rough patch now. And we're kind of just like seeing it through. I don't know. That's a long winded question, but I'll let you answer it. (laughs) Well, I, I think that largely he built the team to play a specific system. Okay. He built the team to play a 3-5-2 with the overlapping center backs. And, I mean, it worked. It worked for a number of years until it didn't work. And I I think adjusting to a different system has been a real growing pains sort of process for, you know, the likes of Balduck, Stevens, Fleck, McBurney. I mean, all of those guys, I just think, were adapted to a certain system 
And like that is why specifically they were brought in. I mean, with the with the exception of Basham, did any of those guys play for Sheffield United before Wilder? Like mm. during the Atkins season? No, none of them no, did. I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, we know that uh, Wilder had the chance to build his team. Slav has not had a chance yet to build his team. And yeah. you have to match the players with the manager, with the way the way the manager plays. And in the system that Slav has is playing, which is really that four, two, three, one with, you know, the three midfielders or four, like forward attacking midfielders and the one out and out striker. I mean, we really haven't had a chance to build from, at least from the back, as far as the players who are playing in the back are concerned. I mean, he hasn't had a chance to really bring anyone in. We're still dealing with the likes of Baltuck, Stevens, Basham, and, and John Egan. And then when he's, when he's healthy, Ben Davies, and he hasn't had a chance to bring in like uh, players who are going to play out from the back who are going to play his way because i mean that's what we're doing we are playing out for the from the back we're not playing the long ball as much unless we're under duress which we have seen a couple of times where when we've been pressed super high we're, we're, we'll just twat it out and hope that you know one of the midfielders can get on it but at the same time i i do like four at the back i do like defensive, uh, uh, like central midfielders and then having attacking midfielders and then one out and out striker. I like it. It just gives us a more forward posture. And what the team has been lacking, at least in the last couple of years, is really the goal scoring prowess. You know, we saw that last year. I mean, we scored, what, 20 goals last year? Something like that? And and, and, I mean, in what, 16 games, I think we've scored like 20 three or 24 goals. I can't, I can't remember offhand, but you know, we've obviously matched that in like less than half of the games so far this season. So the goals are coming. The defense needs to be a little bit more sound. I think yeah. that ba- that Basham has been good when, when he's come in, I can't really blame any of the three goals. I mean, I didn't see them live, so I can't, I, I don't know how the buildup play like looked from each, each of those goals, but it didn't appear that ba- like it was Basham's fault for any of those goals. Egan's been getting a lot of praise, especially internationally. I mean, the Ireland coach said he should be playing Champions League football. So I don't think the problem really is is in our center backs. I think the problem is down the wings. Yeah, I think I think Stevens and Baldock, in particular, have not like wrapped themselves in glory this year. You know, they've yeah. not availed themselves. And yeah. I, I haven't seen enough out of Jaden Bogle to think that he is the the, the right back uh, of the future for us, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe Max Lowe is because he, he's been impressing over over at Forest, you know? So so maybe he is a, uh, you know, the left back of the future for, for us. But at the same time, I just think that there needs to be some changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we certainly need, you know, like we've, we've, I feel like we're beating a dead horse at this point, but I think Bulldog has played better than Stevens has this year. I mean, Stevens had the one goal. Bulldog in, in few of the matches have, has played really good. And then other matches, he's been absolutely god awful. But the one thing is, is we get beat on the, on the wings and then our midfield does absolutely nothing. I'm curious to see this team with other midfield players instead of Fleck and Norwood in those positions. How how better? How much better would we be if we replaced those two players in our side and 
got, you know, two midfielders that were younger and, and, and B had like attacking prowess and had a little bit of def defense for when we lose the ball. And, you know, it's like Fleck and Norwood, they try to half-heartedly make a tackle when they've given the ball away, but they don't, it's not like they track back exactly like quick. So yeah. that's something that I would like to look forward to, to see like, you know, if we do give Big Slav some money in January, if he goes and replaces those players, yeah. you know. Well, I we have to sell in order to in order to bring in at this point. I don't think yep. that the board nor the prince are gonna pony up a a significant amount of money, maybe about four or five million quid top top end. Like yep. if, if there if there's a player that we really want, but we have to sell in the transfer window in order to bring in. And we'll have to sell early in the transfer window. We can't be waiting until the last day of the transfer window in order to sell and then bring in. So yep. here's what I want to do. I, I want to run through our, uh, you know, our, our, our roster right now. And we'll only talk about our permanent players, not about the players who are on loan. I mean, we can have a separate conversation about those who are on loan and, you know, after this, but I want to run through our squad, who needs to go, who needs to stay. All right. Number two, George Balduck. Does he go? Does he stay? I keep him. I keep him. I keep him just for the simple fact of, you know, he's, if it, if the main match gets a little cagey, he's in there, you know, he's, he's vulnerable at sometimes, as I just talked about down the wing, but I still like him going, bombing down the wing and crossing in the balls. He is still, He's still – I think he still has a little bit left in the tank, and he's not that old, but I think he's still good for for our our team. You know, as as, as bad as I want to ha just have a clear out of all the ex-Wilder players or all the Wilder players, I think Baldock is the one that needs to stay. Well, you made a point about him getting down the wing and crossing the ball in. How many of those balls have found their target this season? That's true. That's very true. I mean, at least he's got it past the first man where last year it felt like he would hit the guy that he would, it was marking him. It always felt like he was, you know, trying to make up for it. And he would always cross it into him and it would go out of play. Yeah, it would probably result in a corner or, or a throw in. But it seems like he's beating him now, but now he's just kind of like blindly just throwing him into the, into the, the box. And obviously, like you said, they haven't hit many target men in the box. So, I don't know if that's something he has to practice more on, but I, I just – I don't know. There's something about me. I really like George, but I could see him going, but I want – in my heart, if this is my team, I'm keeping him. And, and to that point, Chad, I, only half of the responsibility is is on the man crossing the ball into the box. The strikers have to be able to get foot or head on, on those balls. So, I, I mean, can we blame him for part of it? Maybe. But really, it comes down to the strikers as well, not being able to get on top of those balls. Yep. All right. Number three, Enda Stevens, left back. Bye. Bye. See ya. See ya. I've, no, I've just had enough of him. I wanted to see what, what would come of it when he came back from injury. He came out in that first goal, game and had a goal and played pretty well. Since then, he's just kind of. He, it's like it's like the last year in the prem, and you know for a couple of games this year. Other aside from that, he's just been awful. 
I don't know what changed in him. He is just – it looks like a shell of his former self. He was a shell of his former self last year. I I thought he was one of our worst players last year in the prem. In the prem. Yep. I, I really I, – I, I agree with you. I, I think he goes out, and I, I don't know where he would go. I don't even know how much we could get for him. But I, he's one that I definitely would like to see go, and then maybe we recall Max Lowe. Or maybe Reese Norrington Davies gets a start. Maybe he gets a shout. Number four in the midfield, John Fleck. Bye, bye. Yeah. See you. See you on this one. I mean, Has I think. It, yeah, I, I think. I think this is. We echo the sentiments of probably everybody that does a podcast about the Blades. Yeah, he's just. He's gone. He he's just. Let him go and let him go to another championship side and let him bag 15 goals in a season he can do it somewhere else from to me he's one of the wilder few that have have got to go he's, he's just he's not worth it anymore yeah yeah I, I agree with you I just I if this was even two or three months ago I would have said no mm-hmm. but at the same time I just haven't seen the spells of magic that he showed in that 2020 season, 2019, 2020 season, or even the 2018, 2019 season. I just feel like the magic is gone. I feel like the position that he's in, he's meant to play more defensively. And I just haven't seen good enough defense from him in order to justify keeping him. It's like, if that's why, you know, if he's not going to be, if he's not going to be marauding through the midfield, um, and getting it up to the strikers or to the attacking midfield, I, I, what's the point of keeping him? I just I don't yeah. get it. So You're right. I I don't again I don't know how much we'd be able to get for him, but and I, I realize there's a lot of sentiment you know regarding John Fleck. I think he at one time was an amazing player for us, but at the same time I just don't think he fits the system. And, yeah. and that's really what it's about. It's not It's not about sentimental value or what have you with a lot of these players. I mean, Billy Sharp aside, but even Billy Sharp is producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, what it's about is is getting the right players for this formation that, that Slav is playing, and, and he's just not it. Yeah, hey, and it's, it's almost like, you know, a bunch of these players that we're going to say are out, it's almost like – who, what, what team is going to take the, these players, you know, because we just re-signed, didn't we, at the end of what would have that have been, 2020 season, didn't we re-sign like Fleck and Stevens and Baldock and Norwood? Didn't we sign all them to like lengthy, like 2023, their contracts are up? So that's going to be a while. I don't think it was any longer than three years for any of them. Okay, and I think it was in the in, yeah. I I think for Fleck, we signed him till twenty twenty three, so yeah. until next summer. But with that being said, I mean, I I don't think there was a release clause in any of these contracts. So mm-hmm. I think if we want to move them, we have the ability to move them. And if yeah. there is if there's even an interested party, I mean, are, are these players going to be playing championship football, or are they going to be playing League One football? You know, yeah. So I'm going to skip Jack O'Connell just because there's a huge question mark surrounding him. But number six, Chris Basham, center back. Stay, stay, keep him, keep him, keep him. I mean, 
I don't know what Big Slab didn't see in Bash until there was an injury in the side and we had to slot him in. I have been clamoring for him all season because I've wanted him to do those marauding runs from center back into the box like he always does. And, you know, it's come true for the last couple of games that he's came came in and, and started, you know, of course, the results don't show in, in favor, but like you said, he doesn't look like he's at fault at any of these goals. You know, he's doing his job. So for me, keep him. Agreed. Agreed. This is one that I have a question mark around number seven, Rian Brewster. Do you keep him or do we try to see if he can get some goals and then maybe try to recoup some of that value by selling him in the transfer market? I mean, I, I don't think we have any choice but to keep him. Agreed. You know, because because of that that huge price tag, you know, hopefully he starts to come good, like we both said, to where he starts getting more goals and like shows his value. And, you know, maybe a year or two down the road, we try and get him get him off of our books for, you know, obviously it's going to be a huge loss for us. But, you know, if he can get 25, 30 goals in the next couple of seasons. Who knows? Maybe somebody will want him. Maybe another championship team will take him. You know, it's it's a tough call. But, I mean, for for the point we are right now, I think we have to keep him. Yeah, and, I mean, we're talking about whether a player fits into the system. Obviously, he hasn't been playing out-and-out striker, which is, you know, kind of the role that, that he was developed playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've seen Billy Sharp kind of continue to take that role. Lise Mousset on occasion and... We've brought in Ollie McBurney, but really Slav has put him on the wing, on on that right wing, right attacking wing. And I won't say he's flourished at at this point. I mean, maybe that's changing. He did score uh, last game. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my hope is is that he's going to continue to put, put the ball in the back of the net. And I mean, we'll see. We will see. So I, I agree. Keep him for the moment. And I, like you said, I don't think we have any choice, really. Yeah. Let's talk about Sander Berge, number eight, midfield. Uh, do you get rid or do you keep? Yeah. See, so, yeah. we don't. We, we honestly, I had so much potential and, and hope for him this year, but no, he's no, he, he's too injury prone. Every time you turn around, he went out. In the middle, I'm looking here. He went out with a hamstring injury on the 9th of October. Here it is on day of recording. He's been out more than a month. What is going on with this dude? Does he just not want to play, or does every morning he get out of bed and pull his hamstring? It doesn't, to me, he's, I mean, when you really look at it as a whole, he hasn't really played many games for us, you know? He played, he's played 38 games for us. 38 and we got him in January of last year. Yeah. 38 games. That's two. That's a season in a half of the prem. And then we've played what a quarter of the season this year. And he's played 38 games. That's awful. That is awful for him. We need. Uh, yeah. See ya. On his day. He's a great player when he's he is. healthy, when he's healthy, he's a great player and he's still developing, but that hamstring injury that he took was awful, really, yeah. really bad, and definitely hindered his development some. And I'm just curious to see if, like, he, if he, if when, 
because it's a big question mark when he gets back does he get games you know or do we just like hold him off hold him out of the side and you know have somebody take a gamble on him in in the transfer window you know yeah. i mean that would probably be the only like positive thing to do i mean at some point, you're going to have to run him out there for maybe like 15 minutes and hope to God he doesn't get hurt. So someone you can be like, yeah, we'll pay $35 million for him. He looks great. And then let him have him. I mean, you know, rush to judgment. We should just let ha- let him go to Arsenal when they were when they were in, in like actively seeking him. But they 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 must have did their research and be like, yeah, his fitness has been up and down over the last two years. Let's go ahead and we'll just, you know, we'll just call it. Now nah, we're not interested because that's a, he's another one. You know, if you do your research on him, yeah, he's a good player on on the day, but you know, you might only get him for what is this season? 46 games long. We might only get him for like, I don't know, 15 tops. 10. I, I don't see us selling him in the transfer window. I don't I don't see him going in January. I think we hang on to him, and then maybe he goes in the summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. Number nine, Ollie McBurney. You can follow your buddy Sandberge right out the door as well. I just, he's one of those guys. If he doesn't, if he doesn't score with his head, he'll never score. I feel. He just like we put him up there. You know, Slavs give him a little bit of run, and he really hasn't done much. I mean, even in the even in the prem. Not really much of a factor. He had a couple of goals in big games, but other than that, he's just kind of been like a, a space filler, if yeah. I'm honest. So I think he can go. He can go too. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, God, we paid twenty million quid for him. Like, yep. it's 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 insane how much we paid, and he just has not come good. And I just think that the experiment is is over at this point. You know, I don't I don't know if it's the style that that we play, like like you said earlier, or if he's just if he was very overvalued when when he was at Swansea, you know. And and I think it's one of those things, too. I think I've talked about this in podcast in the in the past. I think he likes to be more of a partier and a playboy and, you know, have fun, go out to the clubs and enjoy, you know, drinking and partying and all that stuff. And he really doesn't focus on his football based on some of his previous antics. So, you know, that's a that's a little bit of a question mark. Is his head fully in the game? It, it's best. I know we we forked over 20 million quid, like you said, but it's just at one of at that point, you just, you know, okay. The the experiment's over. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Agreed. This is obvious. Number 10, forward, Billy Sharp. Keep and all I'll say is Billy Sharp assist and score goals. That's it. It's at 35, 35, and he still does it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'd just like to see him retire a blade. If for no other reason, you know, keep him because I just want to see him retire a blade. This is his club. He loves this club. He pays, he he plays for the badge every single time out. And yeah, I mean, I just want to see him retire a blade. Number eleven, Lee Smoose forward. See ya. He's gone too. He can okay. he, that's he, a hot he's take. Gone. That is a he's hot gone. take right there. No, he 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 he's gone. He, I mean, he seems to be somewhat getting in his groove, you know, in the last what three weeks, maybe we can say month. 
But you know, at some point he's going to get injured again and miss probably six to eight months, and then he's going to be done. And it's just going to be like, oh, what happened to Lee Spoonsay? Oh, yeah, he, you know, he's out. I, I, I just – he left a bad taste in my mouth after last season, as a bunch of these players have. And, you know, it unless he goes on just like an absolute goal-scoring, you know, run, I don't really see anything in it. Just I don't see any reason to keep him. So this is where you and I are going to have a hard disagree. I, I think he is a great player, not to start games, but to come off the bench. I think he gives energy coming off the bench. And I, I just, he's one of those players that I don't think we're going to recoup any value for. I think he has more value in the squad, like playing than he does if we were to try to get, you know, a couple million from him personally. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way I see it. Yeah. And we can't, obviously we can't sell everybody the, uh, to this point. I think that the players that you've said need to be gone are, are a good shout. Uh, but this is just where I, you and I are going to disagree because I, I think Lisa Mousse, you're right. He is injury prone. He, he, I mean, I'm curious to see the number of games that he's played for us over the last two years. Ooh, can't be many. Cannot be many. Cause he missed feel, almost. It, it's probably less than Sander Berge. Like, to be honest with he, you. No, he's, he's since July of 2019, he's played 59 games. So he's played. Berge come in in 20 in January of 2020 and played 38 games. Moose came in in July of a whole year before him and has only played. What is that? 15 more games. That's yeah. crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on here. John Egan, number 12, center back. He got, he's he, got to stay. He's got to stay. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. He, he has to. I mean, he's, he's been a rock. But, see, in the back of my mind, it's almost like I think he's re- reached his potential here, and he might be able to go up to a, bitter, like a, a better side than us. And, you know, like per se, like a Bournemouth, if they reach the prem or like, Fulham or something like that, or a team that's already established. I think he could play for a mid-table prem side without like without any doubt. But I think he just likes it here so much that he'll kind of like stay. And you know, he, he's good enough for us. He has some lapses at some points, but I mean he's an all-around, you know, well-rounded player for us. And so I hope we do whatever we can to keep him, unless they, they throw absolute loads of money at us. Yeah, I if we get an offer for him for like twenty five million, I mean you got you got you got to take that. I don't think he's mm-hmm. valued at that at all. I don't think he even comes close to that. I think he's probably like I don't know seven to twelve million probably. Mm-hmm. But if you get the offer, I mean you got you kind of got to consider it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a couple what was it, a couple years ago, people were saying online, you know. Egan, 25 million, 30 million center back. Somebody should come in and, and, and poach him. Wow, how that has changed. His value has gone down. I mean, but it's 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 based on the side that he was in. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, although I will say this, like I said, the the Ireland coach uh manager was saying he should be playing Champions League football. So I don't know if that increases his value. I mean, I feel like it does. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Here's somebody who's been a fucking ghost this year. 
Number 14, forward, Ollie Burke. <sighs> Dude, got, got, got I can't. Yeah, of course. I mean, dude, just just keep posing with your girlfriend or wife in Halloween costumes and, you know, he's supposed to be injured. I don't know. Can we get can we give him back to West Brom for for Robinson right now? How bad was that? That almost trade transfer. It's just like, yeah, okay, I've had enough of you. You haven't done anything. The the only thing you'll go down in in folklore in in Sheffield United scoring a couple goals in the prem. I I mean, I can't think of a worse time we've been fleeced by another club. I oh, yeah. you can you can say Brewster that we got fleeced by by Liverpool, mm-hmm. but I really think we got done over, like bent over the table, dry, no lube by West Brom. Like honestly, like I can't understand what Wilder was thinking with that in retrospect. I think he wanted a faster player for for the Prem, but at the same time, he has got no finish, man. No, nothing. Absolutely. And you know what? We can harp him back to our first pod when we got him in. I It, it had to be the first couple of pods, and we're like, oh, Ollie Burke is going to be so good for us. Wow. Fast forward about a year. Good boy. He is awful. Yep. Yep. Number 15 midfield, Luke Freeman. Just having yeah. – I think he's one of those players that can go to. He hasn't done anything for us. He realistically has not done anything for us. He's played seven games this year, seven games. Other than that, he played, I mean, when we sent him out on loan last year, 25 games of Forest. He doesn't do it for me. He's not not consistent enough, and then he gets hurt. Then he gets hurt every time. So, for me, gone. Let's clear some more. Let's clear some more room out on the squad. Yeah, I think he's a depth player. I think he's just the kind of guy that you you have because, you know, if someone gets hurt, you can slot him in. I don't think he's going to be starting a lot of games for us. I think he's going to be riding the bench. But, I I mean, I agree. I just don't think we'd be able to get anything for him. I just don't think, you know, I don't even think we'd be able to get, you know, 500,000 for him. No, no, nothing. 16, midfield, Ollie. Bye. 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 (laughs) Bye. See ya. See ya. I'll pa- I'll help you pack your bags. I'll give you a hug on the way out, but I'll help you. I'll help you pack your bags. You'll, you'll Thanks for everything you did. Yep. Yep. He's the same as Fleck. I mean, there's there's shells of the former self. You know, we both. Everybody knows it. Everybody that watches the blades know it. It's just you wind the clock back three, four years ago. You're like, wow, those are world beaters. I mean, that's a little exaggeration, world beaters. But I mean, they're good players good enough to get us out of this league and now you can tell they've been through the rigors the highs of the prem absolutely awful last year and their confidence is gone it's it's like when we went on that break for covid and the world shut down their confidence went went by the wayside yeah yeah i mean i'm inclined to agree with you chad i i think that really covid changed everything with a lot of these players I, and a year, a year of just taking L after L after L, I mean, just completely killed the confidence of these players. And they're all just shadows of their former self. I will say this about Norwood. Okay. Some of the balls that he's pinged in have been good balls, yeah. but, but that, that is not a player. That is an aspect of a player, you know, mm-hmm. that I'd rather take somebody who, who, you know, can actually play a little bit more defensively and has a little bit more pace 
and completes accurate pass passes on the ground rather than somebody who can just ping ping one in every now and again you know no you're right yeah you're right number 17 forward david mcgoldrick i think he goes too he had the spurts where he changed our team in the beginning of the year but he's kind of like got shuffled out almost and i think his age is Getting up there, but yeah, look at what you can say that. But Billy Sharp's doing the same thing, and he's three years older than him. I just think Ditsy's had his run at our club, and he could do not wonders for another team, just just be serviceable for some other team, you know. And it's just kind of one of those deals. I'm just cycling these players out. I think that as far as Ditsy is concerned, again, I don't know what we could get for him. I don't think anybody's not like trying to knock down our door to get David McGoldrick. At what is he, 33? Yeah, 32, 33, something like that. Yeah. I, I just don't think that anybody's gonna be in for him. So I, I really think with some of these players, it's not that we, you know, wouldn't want to see them go if somebody put a uh you know in a good offer for them. I, I by the way, I I do disagree with you. I think that Ditsy needs to stay, but I also don't think anybody would be in for him. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, true. Uh, number 18, West Fodderingham, goalkeeper. Haven't seen much of him, but I, I think he needs to come in now personally Start because him. Robin Olsen has just had a sh so many shockers this season. He's just not been the world-class goalkeeper that we were promised on loan. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Start him, put him in goal. I mean, he, he had a shocker himself early in the season, but yeah, we got to do something. I think goalkeeper needs to change, but, you know, maybe Olsen comes back after pitching three shutouts and for Sweden with the, the I don't know, any his, like, caring ability, like, increases for us. And he was like, let's go, Sheffield United. Come on, let's get clean sheets. And it probably won't happen. He'll probably still suck like he always does. Likely. Yeah. Number 19, Center back Jack Robinson. Jackie Long throw is nice, and your 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 long throws are nice, but you can you can follow the rest of the majority of your teammates out the door. I we haven't seen enough of them. And the fact that who got injured uh, was it Davies got injured, and we put Bash in. He's not going to. I mean, Jack Robinson might get a run out in an early round FA Cup game, but other than that, I don't. I don't see anything else out of that. He can go. He can go play for a lower lower side championship side or hell, any team that's above us. Because you know, I'm sure there's people that need help in defense like we do. But he's just not one of the ones. He's too far down the pecking order for me. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's totally fair. So what about Jaden Bogle, number twenty I, defense? I mean, he plays on the right wing. I would keep him in. I, I would keep him in our side. I mean, the sure, sure the the for sure fact of what are we going to do with Baldo? You know, he Bogle lacks what Baldock has in like defensive ability, but he's a good player going forward, like Baldock. I just think he caught lightning in a bottle last year when we were in the Prem. Remember when he had that stretch of like four or five games where he got slotted in and he was like absolutely killing it? I think, you know, he's still young, so why not give him another – like keep giving him more shots and seeing 
if he can maybe get a couple goals, help back in defense, I don't know. I just – the jury's still out on, on Bogle to me. Here's my opinion. This might be a hot take. I think Jaden Bogle is playing in the wrong position, okay? I think he is better suited towards playing a midfield wing or a, a, for, a more forward wing position because he's not great at the defending. I, I mean, he, he, he is definitively worse than Balduck at defending. And my, that's yeah. just my humble opinion. I yeah. mean, he seems to get beat a lot down that right-hand side, but he is arguably one of our most creative players mm-hmm. at the same time, offensively, going forward. So it's kind of one of those weird things where it's like, I would like to see him play, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast, I would like to see him play a more positive role going forward because he is creative. And I think he interacts really well with the law firm Morgan Gibbs White, uh, as well as Illiman and Daye when we get the ball down that right hand side. So I don't know. Maybe he's just, I think he is in the wrong position personally. And I'm considering that I don't know if we're going to get uh, the wing players in that we need come the transfer window. Maybe. I, because he has so much talent, in my humble opinion, maybe you start transitioning him to be a more uh, forward-playing wing, you know? Yeah, and I, I agree with you. When when it came through, or when he he started playing last year, and it was just more – he was more attacking, and it seemed like he like was urged to go forward by Wilder and them. And it's it's kind of crazy. And it's like okay, we'll we'll, we'll go on. I I kind of thought that last year they was playing out of position, but you know what do I know? I don't. I'm I'm not a tactical genius or a manager, so I mean you might be right on on him playing out of position. Honestly, yeah. I, and look to you listening. Please tweet us at Red Sheffield. Do you think Jaden Bogle is playing out of position? Do you think he would be better suited either as a midfield player, a, a more attacking midfield player, or as a true right winger? Because, I mean, I've been barking up this tree for, like I said, about a year at this point. When we saw him get a little bit of run of play, and he was so positive going forward and helping create so much as far as our offense was concerned for that stretch of games in the Prem last year. I mean, I, I just am curious to know what other supporters think about, about Jaden Bogle. If if he can get his defensive game you know, to where it needs to be, I think he's challenging Balduck for that right wing back position. But... Again, the problem is, is we're playing four at the back. We're not playing five at the back right now. And I think he was another one of those players that Wilder brought in to play in his system in a 3-5-2. So considering mm-hmm. we're no longer playing a 3-5-2 and we're playing more attack-minded, you know, the idea being, as we've said consistently, you're gonna, we're going to score more goals than you. Uh, you know, do we need a Bogle to make an adjustment? So yeah. Uh, here's someone we haven't heard really anything from this year. Uh, Michael Verips, goalkeeper, number 21. It, no, I, I mean, if we, if we need him, we are in dire, dire straits. I mean, I, I guess he's a third third option, but don't don't let us get that far down the, the goalkeeping chart. I mean, I, I'm kind of like at a mute point right here. I, I mean, don't get him out. Don't. Keep, I, I mean, I don't know what to do with them. I, in all honesty, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, he, it's nice to have the depth I'd say. And by all accounts, when he was on loan last year, he, he played decently, but at the same time, it's like, he's proven that he really can't play very well in this league. I mean, that's why Robin Olsen was brought in. That's why we're not starting league one West. I mean, he's really been relegated to the third string as far as goalkeeper yep. is concerned. So yeah. I think moving forward, I, you know, if we need a, a third string goalkeeper I, I, we still have jake eastwood right or is, is yeah. he gone yeah he's i think he's still on on the, the squad list if, so, I, if it serves me right yeah i don't i'm not sure again we, we've said this con- consistently throughout this podcast i don't know what we could get for him but at the same time i mean do we need this much goalkeeper depth so he yeah. might be served either going out on loan again or i don't know maybe just trying to see if we we have a buyer for him I'm I'm not going to cover Ben Davies because uh, he is obviously on loan from Liverpool. Would love to have him in in the side, but we'll uh, on on a permanent. But we'll we'll talk about the loan players in a little bit. Number twenty three, Ben Osborne. What do you think of Benno? I keep him. I keep him in. He, he's a good role player, and I mean it. In it's almost when we get in the thick and thickness of the schedule, where we're playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday every week. He's good for rotation. You know, you could get, you could put him in for 60 minutes and then the next game he comes as a sub later in the game. So, you know, or he could start back-to-back games if you take him out at 60 minutes. So, it's one of those good – he gives us added depth. So, I keep Osborne in the, in the side. And in spurts this year, he's looked good. And then he's uh, – there's been other games where he's just looked not very good. So, I mean, it's kind of what you get on any given day with Benno. I think Benno has been a hinge in a lot of our wins. I mean, when he is on, on his day, he's very good and he contributes and helps us win games. When he's not playing well, we wind up losing games. So, I mean, whether Ben Osborne has a good game has really made the determination uh, of if we win a game or not, or or draw a game or lose a game. So, yeah, I, I keep Benno. I think he's going to still develop. I I don't think he has reached his his peak yet. I think he's only, what, 24, maybe 25? 27. Oh, wow. He's 27, so I was way off there. But at the same time, I I still think that he has more to give. I really do. I agree with that. Not going to touch on Connor Horihan, but number 25, Adeline Guediota. I mean, we haven't seen enough, really. Really? I mean, you can't – I can't justify if we need him or, or we don't need him. We just how many games has he played? Like one? I think he's coming in one game. Two games he, where he's coming I in like he, a late sub. He he subbed in, I think, a couple games, and then I think he started one game. And I, I'm I've not been too impressed. I mean, he is our our resident geriatric, uh, you know, out there with a walker. But yeah, right. at, at the same time, he's injured right now. So we're not gonna see him back in the side for a little while. I mean, by all estimates, he might be out until January. So, <laughs> how does the dude not even get any playing time? And I understand, you know, Slav wants wants all his players to be in like tip top shape when he when they're training and everything. But how we're getting up there in age, I mean, you know us, so we're getting to that age where you know the slight twinge, we might be out six months. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe the dude has come in and played in a couple of games and he's out until probably January. Oh my god. Yep. We're going to talk about the law for Morgan Gibbs White in a second here. 
Uh, number 28, Regan Slater. He is not featured in the first side. I think he is still a developing player. He's looked decent for the under 23s. He scored an absolute banger of a goal. I think it was last week um, yeah. or two weeks ago. So he's still developing. I'd like to continue to see him develop, but have, don't have a, a big enough sample size for Regan Slater in order to make a, a good judgment call yet. Number 29, Ilman Njaye, crucial. He's been arguably our, our second most creative player and probably our most creative player that we own. Mm -hmm. And must stay in the side, must continue to feature regularly in the side because that's what we were lacking, really. In, in the final third, we are lacking creative play, and he provides that for us. And I want to continue to see him start every game that he can. Yeah, and it's crazy because... Like the first couple games of the season, you know, you didn't hear his name, and then he get he signed a contract extension, and then automatically slotted in and made an like a massive change to our midfield. And so, I mean, we're only going to improve on it, I would hope. So he is a key piece in 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 the whole setup of that midfield. So if we can build and get players similar to him around him. Oh man, he's only going to get better. And then, you know, it'll be typical United. He'll we'll have him for a couple of years. His price tag will go up to about twenty five million. We'll let him go. Yeah, I, I mean, sadly, I can totally see that happening. But mm -hmm. let's just enjoy his play for now. And I wish we had three more players like him in the oh, midfield. Yeah. You know. Yep. Another youngster, number thirty. Haven't seen him featured in the first team yet, but but by all accounts, this could be a breakout year for him if he continues his decent play. Uh, Zach Brunt. Yep. Yeah, he since, since going on loan to South End United in the National League, for for a side as as big as South End is in the National League, he has been very influential in the few games that he's came in since we have loaned him to them and he had a red card that was a cheap 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 red card and it got rescinded the last week but he is almost kind of like changed up their side for the better so i'm curious to see if we're actually going to give him a shot too you know maybe we maybe we let him stay on on loan the entire rest of the season and then call him back come next year and maybe if if this is a part like if next summer is going to be a mass exodus of players of the Wilder regime, maybe big if big Slav's still around, we can maybe Zach Brunt can slot into our side. You know, give the youngster yeah. a shot, see what he's got, because yeah. he's got all kinds of potential from what I've heard and saw out of him. So, I mean, it, it's nothing but positivity coming out of out of his camp. Absolutely, I don't want to really touch on Jake Eastwood. Haven't really seen him at all. And let's move on to Reese Norrington Davies who I I mean he plays that left left back role he's injured right now but he had a couple of good games and then he had a couple of really poor games and then once Stevens came back we just have not seen him at all uh and that's probably owing slightly to the injury probably a lot to the injury uh but I I thought that he had the the games in which he was good the the games that he played well he was better than Stevens in my humble opinion, yeah. he got forward. He 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 played really good passes down that left side, but the games in which he played poorly, I mean, he led like his poor play led directly to goals, which cost us games. 
So yep. that's, I mean, that's my opinion on, on Reese Norrington Davies. He's an international for Wales. So, I mean, they obviously see something with him that uh, as far as, you know, decent play to where he might be a good player moving forward. He's very young. Still, it's it's important to remember that. I mean, he's only 22. So yeah. he's going to continue That's very to true. develop. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, uh, I, I echo more your sentiment. I mean, he was good, and then he was bad. And then if you go back to all the goals we like conceded at the beginning of the season, he had a hand in some of them. So like you said, I think it's age and development. We've sent him out on a lot on loan over the past couple of years. So I'm curious to see if he does end up getting healthy, if Big Slav just slots him back in. and Because, you know, Stevens hasn't been exactly the best form. If R&D comes back and he's healthy, I wonder if he slots him back in and, and you know, maybe we see a, an improvement down that left-hand side. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Kyron Gordon, I don't want to talk about him because I again he he's playing under twenty three football right now and hasn't featured in in the first team at all really this season. I think he's made two appearances and both of them were in the cup. Mm-hmm. I positive he had po- some positive moments, but the last player that I I want to talk about who is also on loan at South End is Casper Lapata, defender, center back. And I'll be honest with you, he is one of the the youngsters that I am the most excited about. I think he probably could play championship football next year, yeah. like the next season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as as Bash, as Egan get gets older, we're gonna need another an, another solid center back. And I think next year he probably comes back into the side. And he probably will come off the bench and probably get limited minutes. But I still think, you know, he's a tall, he's relatively tall. He looks like he can probably head, get ahead to balls off of corner kicks. And we need somebody who can, who can do that because how many goals have we scored off, off headers this year? I mean, really not that many. Mm -mm. And and it feels like every time we get a corner, it's just a waste. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because how many times on this podcast when we've asked for score predictions, I have I said I want an Egan header uh, off of a corner. Yeah, I think maybe one or two goals this year we we've scored have come off of a corner and in a defender heading it. But no, since he's gone on loan to Southend, too, he's almost like shaped up their back line. The first game he started in, they got a clean sheet. Now results have kind of went the opposite direction but you know like like you said giving him you know first team start obviously in a, a side that's in the national league at least he's getting game time and maybe he comes off the bench or if there's an injury next year maybe we can slot him in the side at some point and give him a little bit of championship experience or or maybe it's one of those things where he comes back in and then we loan him out to you know like a bottom half well I mean, we're in the bottom half of the championship. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe we get, we loan them out to a, a top half, you know, League One side or something like that. I, it, it's it's all in what Big Slav or whoever's going to be the manager come the end of the season is going to have in their big crystal ball for who's plans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
So let's talk about our players on loan. By all accounts, Max Lowe, who plays left back, uh, has been great at Forest. I mean, they absolutely love the lad, and which is interesting because I thought, you know, uh, between him and Jaden Bogle, the two players that we got from Derby last season, I thought Max Lowe was the weaker, you know, in the Prem. And he comes down to the championship, and by all accounts, he's having a very, very good season, and he's been one of their most solid players over at Forest. But I haven't seen, I haven't had the opportunity to watch him really play. But after reading, you know, Roy's view from as far as like what what the Forest fans think of his play, they they really like him a lot. So you know, I maybe he's making a case that he is that left back of the future for us again i think he has some of the same problems that Jaden bogle does in that he is a forward kind of playing uh left back and he, he does like to get forward and i'm i have some doubts about his ability to play defense but at the same time you know the the reviews are relatively rave from from the nottingham forest supporters and that's good to hear but i mean like you said and he was just he was just like way too inexperienced of a player to to feature in the prem, and it, I kind of had a feeling he wasn't going to feature much in our side last or this season, just based on like how some of the preseason matches went. And you know, maybe it's it's another he's another player that goes out on loan, and like you said, he's doing good at Forest. And Maybe Big Slav's looking at this thinking, okay, maybe we might bring him back in January or we'll just keep him on loan the entire season, let him get that first team experience and then just come out and, you know, maybe he slots right in. Because, again, he's another young player, you know. So we have one thing. We have a good mix of, you know, older talent and then up-and-coming youth. So, I mean, it, we're not in a – too terrible spot of a spot, you know. So I don't know. Maybe Max Lowe comes in and he 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 gets in the side and gets his career going, and you know maybe redeems himself in a couple of years back in the prem. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then we have Daniel Jebison, who, in my opinion, is another one of our most exciting youngsters currently on loan at Burton Albion. He scored, I think twice at this point for them. I think he scored once in the cup and then once uh, in, in league play. But by all accounts, I mean, he is a player that is being sought after by Premier League sides who want to further develop him. Uh, he's a player that we must hold on to, in my humble opinion, because I think he is going to be a absolute dangerous striker for us in the future. Yeah, I, I think the uh, I'm going to go the opposite. I think we're going to end up letting him go. Because they're just going to be, I mean, hell, before he even scored against Everton, he, the likes of the big six teams here, I think Bayern Munich were interested in him. And it's like, okay, I understand he's only 17 and he, they, like, want to go and develop him, obviously. So, you know, he's not, act, like, killing it at Burton. But I, I like to see him further progress and maybe we bring him back in next year. And if the the – Big fish are so still like circling him. Maybe we let him go and, and you know cash in, cash in on on a future prospect. You know that can turn into something. I hate that we're 
we have all this youth talent that's really well, and if it develops, these players are going to be really, really good. But we can't hold on to them because they always get lured away by the fact of, hey, do you want to play in the Prem? Do you want to play, you know, European football? Do you want to do this and this and this? And we're like, well, we want to keep them and develop them and turn them into something and use them, and then it never happens. And that's the bummer part, you know? I agree. I just – I think that – I think he is going to be a player that we are going to want to hold on to. Yeah. And hell, he's only still – he's 17 still, right? He hasn't, he's 18. He hasn't, oh, he's 18 now? Okay. So that basically covers our players that have gone out on loan. I, I want to talk a little bit about our loan players. And, I mean, we've already – I feel like we've talked relatively exhaustively about Robin Olsen and how, how much he's underperformed. But – I want to get to really Ben Davies and the law firm Morgan Gibbs White, who I think I think both have been solid. I would actually love to have either or both on a permanent. I don't think that's going to happen for either of them. Maybe Liverpool might let Ben Davies go if he is just never realistically going to get first team minutes for them. But th- this is what this is what the big six clubs do now. They just amass so many players and send them out on loan and. I don't know. It's just, I feel like there should be some sort of limit on the amount of players that you can let go out on loan. I think Chelsea do this as well, you know, where they have like 40 players that are out on loan effectively. And yeah, it's just not fair that because, you know, I mean, these are assets and by the virtue of them being signed for a, a club like Chelsea, you know, their value is, you know, huge. I mean, look at, look at last year, I mean, look at look at Ampadu from last year. You know, I I think we we probably rated him before the season started so high because he, you know, he played for or he he was a Chelsea product. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. It, it is. It's it's stupid. But like Ben Davies last year, Liverpool. The only reason they bought him is because they had injury issues. They went to Preston, and Preston was like, uh, yeah, you're going to offer us money? I don't even think they paid that much for him. And then he re- sat on the bench the entire season, didn't even touch the, the pitch. And then we come along, and we're like, hey, we could utilize him. You know, that way he doesn't just sit on your guys' bench. Can we have him? So hopefully, come the end of the season, Liverpool are just like, here, just have him. Just We're not going to ask 500 million pounds for him. We'll give you a reasonable rate, and you guys can have them. But he he has, you know, started to wobble a little bit. He's had a couple of games in, in the last couple of weeks that haven't been exactly his best games. But, I mean, when we brought him in alone, he definitely started the season on fire. And then he's kind of cooled off a little. But he, he's injured. He is injured right now. So, yeah. you know. And then, obviously, Morgan Gibbs-White, he's been our player of the season so far. He's been our man of the match pretty much 90% of the games, I think, so far this season. Mm-hmm. You know, out of what, the 15 we've played, I think I, maybe like 11 uh, or yeah, probably less than that because it, he, came, he only came in after, I think, our fourth or fifth game of the season. But yeah, I mean, since he's come into the side, he's been just phenomenal. I, I doubt Wolves are going to want to let him uh let him go permanently but you never know i mean mm-hmm. we, we might be able to sweeten sweeten the deal 
maybe offer a player and and some money. I mean, I yeah. if 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 they if they'd be willing to do a, a swap for like a Sander Berge and and some cash, I mean, you know, I, do I don't I don't even know where Sander Berge really fits in into the squad anymore. You know, yeah, even when I mean, even when he becomes healthy, even when he gets healthy, I don't, I really don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you on that. You know, if we can sign Morgan Gibbs White and in that that'd be a cool a, a cool play to acquire his talents because trust me, Wolves midfield right now they've got a lot of midfield players. So, you know, it wasn't like Gibbs White was getting in the side. So, you know, maybe they'll look at the end of the season, you know, maybe Sheffield United's the team for him. Or maybe another Premier League side is gonna swoop him up because he is far too good to be playing in the championship. And we are exactly very, very lucky to have him. But you know, this is our wishful thinking. Uh, on this podcast, I mean, this is what we like to do is, is play that lovely little what if game. And I want to transition here because we have a game this coming Saturday. It is at the lane. It is against Coventry. It is a fuck me 1230 p.m. GMT start time, which means 430 for me. So I get to get up super early on a Saturday in order to watch this game and I'm going to do it because I actually am really starting to miss Sheffield United football during this international break. I know earlier in the podcast, which by the way, we recorded on Friday. It is now Monday the 15th uh, that we're finishing up this podcast. Uh, I, I've really missed foot, uh, Sheffield United football. So um, Chad, what can you tell us about Coventry? I mean, by all accounts, they've had an interesting run of form lately. They beat Bristol City on November 6th, 3-2. That was at home. They lost to Swansea at home, 2-1. They beat Hull City away, 1-0. And they drew Derby County, one all at home. And then they lost to Preston before that. So, you know, that's two wins, two losses, and a draw. And for a team that currently sits fourth, that's not very impressive form. So... I mean, what are your thoughts? No. I mean, you look at it and you look at their recent form and you're like, how are they on 30 points? And they got no, they got nine wins, three draws, and five losses. So clearly they don't draw. But Callum O'Hare is, is their midfield general. He's got three assists and a goal this year. I mean, their back line isn't bad either. They, I mean – it is the championship, so all these teams give up a lot of goals, but they've got Jake Clark Salter in back and Callum McFadden in the back line. And this is going to be the game, you know, that they don't give any goals up because they got Simon Ma 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 in goals. So this is going to be a clean sheet. This is this <laughs> is the easiest clean sheet of the season here. I see uh the we we have uh the return of cynical Chad here. So yeah. yep. spoiler alert for for your score prediction there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, Callum O'Hare has been really good for them so far this season. And yeah, I mean, he plays that like kind of attacking midfield role. Um, and then they have two out and out strikers pretty much. Ooh, five dollars if you can pronounce the, the leading scorer for him, because I can't guy your geese because I'm going to go. Yeah, okay. You're better with accents than I am. <laughs> I, I think it's Gjorkis. So, yeah, he, he's their leading scorer so far this season, correct? 
Yeah, he's got nine goals. So, I mean, he, he's got some striker potential. So, and Matt Godden has has six goals. So, I mean, combined, the two strikers have 15 goals combined. And then O'Hare has one, and they got a couple more from the midfield. So, I mean, they, they like to score some goals. They've got they've scored 25 goals in the league, which isn't bad. We've yep. scored 22. So, this could be a goal fest, but Simon Moore is going to have his best game of the season. You know, you know he's he's saving it up. There's going to be two games where he has two clean sheets. Just saying, just saying. So, who do you see starting for United in this game? Okay, we're going to have to put old Mister Reliable Robin Olsen in, and then <laughs> Mister Reliable, and then I'm going to go Stevens, Egan, Basham. Across the back, because I'm saying that that Ben Davies is still going to be out. And then Baldock on that right-hand side. And then, you know, our, our killer duo of Fleck and Norwood in the midfield. Watch out for those two world beaters. And then <laughs> and then we'll have, we'll have the law firm, Osborne on the left-hand side, and then Die on the right. And then I'm going to put – I'm going to stick Brewster up, up front, but I have a feeling that Big Slab's going to go with, with uh, Captain Billy. To, to start to slot in up front. Yeah, I do think Brewster gets a run in this game. By the way, I, I mean, you have you and I have the exact same starting 11 there, like 100 I think that's – honestly, I think that's our, our best 11 at this point. Yeah. I mean, honest, to be honest, it's – I mean, there's, there's not really any change. There's no reason – I mean, we're coming out of – we haven't had a game in two weeks, so we might as well – throw these guys out there and see what they can do. You know, maybe having the maybe having the rest before we go into the thick and thin of the the, you know, festive period here towards the end of November and then all through December, maybe something clicks and and these guys start rolling in the right direction. Yeah. I I think Brewster probably will come in at around the 65th minute, especially yeah. if we're if we're dr- like drawn or down a goal at that point. I think Brewster comes mm-hmm. in and Slavs like, "Well, see what you can do, lad." And yeah, him or Moose. Moose might come in. Maybe Brewster's brimming with confidence after getting that uh that first goal and finally getting the monkey off of his back as far as league goals are concerned. And who knows? This might spurn him on, and maybe he goes and he scores a a decent amount of goals. Maybe gets you know 15 goals the rest of the season. That would be nice. I'd love to see it. I would love to see it, and it would stop the Oh my God, Rian Brewster's gone so long without a goal, and he finally got a goal, and now he went another thirty games without a goal. I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think he is going to get his next goal within the next two or three league games. I'm calling it right now, calling my shot. Rian Brewster to score in the next three league games. I like the sound of that. Have you got a score prediction for us, Chad? One nil. Simon Moore clean sheet wins it for. Coventry, he saves one in the 98th minute after there's eight minutes added time. And Billy Sharp has a sitter on the line and saved by Simon Moore. <laughs> one nil Coventry City. And who, who gets the goal for them? Uh, Simon Moore, goal kick, goalkeeper, catches Olsen off his line and it bounces in. <laughs> one nil Simon Moore win and clean sheet. <laughs> Man of the match. I. <laughs> I love I love your insane predictions because if it like one of them's gonna hit at one point and then everybody's gonna fucking call you Nostradamus. <laughs> I, 
at, at some wouldn't point. That be, wouldn't that be something though? He go he lines up for a goal kick and there's like a swirling wind and Olsen's completely caught off guard and the ball gets by him and rolls in. I could I could totally picture that happening right now in my head. <laughs> I'm oh. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be even more pessimistic than you this weekend. I'm gonna say a it's gonna be two nil to Coventry City. Oh and, wow. Yeah. And I think goals from uh, Yorkes and O'Hare. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be a shocker if we came out and lost this one. I mean, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I'll be back in the boys as you know, as usual. But it's just hopefully they found something in in a couple of weeks of training. You know, I understand we had the internationals that are going to be coming back, but. Hopefully they found something on the training ground. Hopefully. I really hope. Yeah, same. Definitely. And maybe our, our you know, kind of negative predictions will, you know, not come true and we will actually win this game. And what a massive win this would be. I mean, this is a very, very good Coventry side that nobody expected to be this good at this point in the season. So... Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we are going to find out how that game goes here in due course. Again, that is a Saturday, 12.30 GMT start at Bramall Lane. And I think that is about all the time that we have for this episode of the Red Half of Sheffield. Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me at Blades in the USA and Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me personally on the Instagram at cjarvis13 and Twitter, too. And you can follow me, Noah Snyder, at SunPuck on Instagram and then at Nestman930 on Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, please give the Red Half of Sheffield a like and a subscribe on uh, both Facebook and on Twitter, at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the Red Half of Sheffield on Facebook. So until this Saturday when we play Coventry at the lane, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards.